when uh, when we were sitting down and they were talking about who's going to talk about conflict resolution, everybody turned and they're like, Mickey, I'll just tell you, I do not have any idea how I somehow have got this idea around that I'm the expert in this. I am in no way an expert, uh, but I've had a lot of opportunities to learn how to... Uh, Resolve conflict, or as I would like to talk about it today, how to fight for connection in every relationship. And God has given me some amazing opportunities to build my skills over the years in this area. Uh, as we were talking about this, it made me think of a skit that I remember in kids' church. And I think it's interesting because I have no idea what the purpose of the skit was in kids' church, okay? But it's stuck in my mind, and, to, and this week I was thinking about it. And there were these four actors in our church when I was young. I was probably about 10 years old, saw this. Four actors. There was a dad in the front seat of a pretend car. And there were two kids in the back seat. One was eating a peanut butter sandwich. Dad is honking the horn, all right, and yelling for mom, who's missing in the car, to hurry up and get in the car. And the kids are fighting. All right. A peanut butter got on one. You hear the other one yelling. He touched me. She touched my peanut butter and they're going back and forth. Dad is honking the horn. Hurry up. We're going to be late. Guess where they were going. So some of you got to try this this morning. All right. All right. They were having an amazing opportunity to uh, resolve conflict or fight for connection. And I know that you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. Pastor Jason was, was uh, right on target when he said, it is inevitable in every relationship. I'll tell you that one specific to fighting for connection, my husband and I have solved. It is the best way to fight for connection in this one. We always drive separately. Always. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. All right. If you stand, let's read uh, my... My main scripture today that I want to focus on in Philippians 2, 3 through 5. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should, not, should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. All right, let's pray this morning. God, I thank you that we can talk about this morning fighting for connection in our relationships. God, I just want to thank you for filling your word with nuggets of truth, God, that are tools that we can use to build healthy relationships. God, I ask this morning that you would speak, that your Holy Spirit would flow through my mouth. And God, the words that you have for us today would fall on hearts and ears God, that are receptive and ready to receive and do something about it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. The Bible says in Genesis 1 that you and I were created in God's image. And when I started to think about that, here we have God who's perfect, who needs nothing. And yet he decided to make you and me because he wanted a relationship. He wanted a relationship. He has everything. Everything's perfect. And yet he wanted and needed to have a relationship with somebody other than just himself. And he chose you and me. And I think that's really what I want to even just tell you this morning. We are made in his image. And Genesis 2 
even puts it even a little bit more in context and says, God looked at his creation of man and said, it isn't even good for them to be alone. We needed more than just this relationship because we're in his image. We needed relationship with one another. All right. And so here we are in God's image. We have these relationships. It is natural for us to want to have a relationship and every single relationship you have. There is an awesome opportunity that is going to arise or maybe already has for you to fight for connection and actually have a healthy soul in that relationship. All right. Pastor Jason talked last week about this relationship with, with God and having a Sabbath. All right. Close your eyes real quick. We're going to do what he did last week. Close your eyes. Take a really deep breath and let it out. How many of you got to stop this last week and take an opportunity to refocus on this relationship and take a Sabbath? And have your soul in that relationship healthy. If you didn't, guess what? You have another opportunity this week. You get to try again. Two weeks ago, Dr. Dada talked about having our, our really that relationship with our mind, with ourself, that soul peace. And one of, he had five pillars uh, um, that he talked about, five pillars of connection. And number three was what we're talking about today. Having fun with others or that relationship with each other. All right. Our relationships have to be healthy for your soul to be healthy. All right. If your relationships are out of whack and there is a lot of conflict and you are not resolving it or fighting for connection, there is going to be unrest and you absolutely cannot be healthy. All right. It is mandatory. And today I'm going to talk about five ways that you can fight for connection that the Bible shows us are great tools for you to begin to fight for those healthy relationships. First one is to remain attentive Two, refrain from letting your emotion and behavior control you. Three is recognize the other's feelings. Four is respect differences, opinion, and five is to respond with love. What does the Bible say about remain attentive and listen? Number one, I think that these scriptures are really, really uh, eye-opening. James 1.9 says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And Proverbs 10.19 says, when words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. Remain and Attentive and listen is actually to stop and make sure that your perception in the conflict in this resolution is actually truth. Because so many times we let words or our actions immediately respond when a conflict arises and we are totally off the point. We actually have no idea. And we start a conflict and it's even based on things that aren't truth. All right. Uh, Chris and I, when we first got married, had an amazing opportunity to discover how important this was. All right. Uh, we were married probably about one year and I grew up making, I like to bake, I like to cook. And I had learned how to make a pretty awesome raspberry pie. My dad and all four of my brothers loved it. And so I would make raspberry pies and it always made everybody happy. So Chris was at work. We'd maybe been married one year and I decided to make my famous raspberry pie. 
spent all afternoon, got it done. And it was perfect. The crust was just golden. It's, it solidified. It was ready. He came home from work and I was so excited for him to try my raspberry pie. And I cut him a slice. He took one bite and spit it out. And like, I can't remember the words, but he hated the pie. I mean, and he was very verbal about how much he liked my pie. And I immediately responded and ran out the door and remember sitting on the front of our apartment complex, just crying, God, what have I done? Here I am. I've moved seven hours away. I don't know anybody in this city. And now I, he hates my cooking and, and all these things are running through my mind. All right. But had I learned this tool to stop and remain attentive and listen, he was saying something entirely different. He had never tasted a raspberry. I don't know how in the world somebody lives to be an adult without trying a raspberry, but he had never had a raspberry. And I'll tell you to this day, if I sneak a raspberry in anything, hide it anywhere, he can taste it. He hates raspberries. All right. My pie was great. He was not telling me I was a terrible cook, but I reacted without stopping and acted on things that were untrue about the conflict. All right. Our perception is so important. Uh, somebody told me that Brene Brown has a great thing to run through your mind or something to say when you get in one of those situations and stop and say, okay, this is what my brain is telling me about this situation. Is this true? Is this what's really happening? Because if had I done that, I wouldn't have ended up on the front porch crying and I would never have tried to use raspberries again. Okay. Not every situation is as simple as somebody doesn't like raspberries, but you can learn to remain attentive, pay attention to the situation and not react on untruths. All right. Possibly something that you need to do to fight for connection by really listening is maybe the next time you get an opportunity in one of your relationships to fight for attention or, for, or excuse me, fight for connection is to stop and take a deep breath before you open your mouth. All right. Maybe one of these scriptures that you're going to hear today is something that you need to memorize because it needs to be a tool that the minute you get a choice to fight for connection in a relationship, you need to stop before you do something and quote it. Maybe your tool is to stop and just say, God, help me to get a grasp on this and to be able to verbalize what needs to be said right here. I don't know what your tool needs to be. But if you do not stop and remain attentive to the situation, you are going to have conflicts and they are oftentimes not even going to be a conflict you needed to deal with because you reacted without remaining attentive and really paying attention to the situation. I'm just going to tell you, here's a book that will give you some great tools on that. It's called keep your love on. I'm not going to read it this morning because I want to make sure I have enough time, but this is a great, great tool to learn how to do some of these things. All right. Keep your love on by Danny Silk. I would highly recommend that book. If you want to learn how to fight for connection. Second one is refrain from letting your emotion and behavior control you. Proverbs 15, one says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs 18, 13 says he who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. 
After first service, somebody brought it up to me, and, and his version says, that is stupid. So well, I'm probably not going to read that one, but honestly, it is our folly and our shame. Conflict triggers emotion. There is no doubt about it. Conflict is going to trigger emotions. And if you are unaware of what kind of emotions you have, your conflict is going to be a lot stronger and unpretty if you do not learn what kind of emotions you have. And if you haven't taken the time to learn about the other person in the relationship and what kind of emotions they have, then you are not going to be able to communicate and you are not going to be able to fight for connections well. All right. It is your responsibility. I was even thinking about this with the Bible. God has filled the Bible with ways for us to know him because he wants this relationship healthy, but you aren't even going to know how to have a relationship with God. If you don't read the Bible, you aren't, you do not know him. You are not going to be able to have a relationship with somebody else. If you haven't taken the time to learn to know them, it is impossible. God knew that he gave us his word to learn about him. What are you doing, doing to learn about the other people that you are in relationship with? All right. Here's some way I, communication is huge. All right. And that's the one thing that I would highly, highly recommend that you learn how to communicate and learn what kind of communication style you have in the other person. I'm going to talk about the four different communication styles. All right. And the first one is called a passive communicator. A cat passive communicator's mind is saying you matter and I don't. All right. You probably have heard somebody say fight or flight. You probably say they're going to do one of those two things. I was a passive communicator in our raspberry pie incident because I was the flight. All right. I was passively communicating. Uh, an example of a passive communicator is this. You hop in the car on the way home, and a lot of you are going to experience this today. Hop in the car on the way home, and maybe your spouse or somebody says, let's go out for lunch today. And where would you like to go? Your passive communicator is going to say, I don't care, wherever. And you're going to say, okay, how about McDonald's? I don't care, wherever. Well, how about Red Lobster? I don't care, wherever. Does a person actually care? Do you think they have taste buds? Do you think they actually have an opinion of what their favorite food is? Of course we all do, but their mind is saying you matter and I don't, and you're not going to get anywhere. All right. If you ha are a passive communicator or you have one in your car, you need to say, Hey, where would you like to go to lunch today? McDonald's, red lobsters, Wendy, Wendy's pick one. I'm not, we're not going anywhere unless you do way to respond. All right. I actually need you to tell me how you're feeling so that we are both on the same page. Okay. An aggressive communicator. That's our second kind of kind of communicator. An aggressive communicator's mind is saying I matter and you don't. All right. Same situation. They are the fight in the flight or fight. Okay. The same thing. Hey, let's go out to lunch today. We're going to Taco Bell, hop in the car. And they could care less that they know that Mexican food literally is going to make you sick for a week. All right. I matter. You don't. The way you respond to a aggressive communicator is say, you know what? I would love to go out to lunch today. If you pick somewhere that you know doesn't upset my stomach, let's go. Otherwise drop me off at home and enjoy Taco Bell. 
All right. Or you something like this. You know what? I cannot even talk to you if you're going to be disrespectful to me. You know what? We'll talk when you are ready to actually have a good conversation. All right. Third kind of communicator is called your passive aggressive communicator. You matter. No, not really. Okay. Same example. Let's go out for lunch today. Where would you like to go? And you say, uh, McDonald's. Seriously? You know, I hate McDonald's fries. Pick somewhere else. Oh, okay. Where do you want to go? I don't care. You choose. Okay. Um, red lobster. Come on. We had this conversation last night. We are on a budget. Are you trying to break it right from the start? Seriously? Okay. Well, where would you like to go? I don't care. Wherever you want. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Same way to deal with someone like that is say something like, you know what? Hey, where would you like to go today? I don't care. Where do you want to go? Okay. Uh, here are the three places that I would like to go. Red lobster, McDonald's or Wendy's you choose. All right. Give a, give an option. So both people are communicating or it might be something that you have to say, you know what? We can talk later when you choose to be responsible and literally tell me what you're thinking. Okay. Passive aggressive. The fourth kind of communicator is called your assertive communicator. You matter. And so do I, where do you want to go out to lunch today? Would you like to go to McDonald's red lobster or Wendy's? I'm open for any of them. I would like you to choose. Okay. Being able to say, you know, literally I have an opinion my opinion matters, but so do yours. I don't know. I want to force anything on you. All right. So you're, I want you all now to stop for a second because I know exactly what you're thinking. You are trying to analyze what your spouse's communication style is, or maybe your boss's, right? Stop. How do you communicate? What is your communication style? Because fighting for connection is understanding someone else, but understanding you is the most important because you don't want to, I mean, give you a secret. You absolutely cannot change the other person. You can change you. All right. And that is your responsibility. You can change you. Is it a habit for you to be a passive communicator and literally never deal with the situation and you are building up for a long time and it's eventually going to blow? Or do you blow immediately and just try to suffer the consequences and try to fix it later? I don't know. But you need to figure out what kind of a communicator you are and honestly figure out how you can learn to be assertive because you matter and so does the other person in the relationship. Understanding your emotions, understanding how your other, the other person in your relationship feels, what behaviors they have. Those are huge, huge, important tools to help you fight for a connection. Another book I'm going to recommend. Here's another author. And I love that he has three versions. It's called five love languages. And I can't go into it today, but here's one that's for your spouse. Learning what your spouse loves. Five love languages. They have one for your kids. Learn the love languages of your children. And I found this very interesting. The five love languages in the workplace. And I read this one. I've read these others a long time ago. I read this one. 
huge tools to help you understand the people in your relationships so that you can actually learn how to get your emotions and your behaviors in control and understand the other person and learn how to fight for connection. All right. Because if you do not, you're never, ever going to be able to resolve any conflicts. Third thing is to recognize the other person's feelings. Philippians two, four says each of you should not only look to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. When you understand how the other person is feeling, it helps you be able to communicate assertively and be able to respond to how that person is actually feeling. All right. It's our responsibility to learn about them. I want to tell you something, your spouse or your boss or your friend is not a mind reader. All right. I, I know we, we live in the 20th or in the 2020 it's coming here, but we still have not learned to read minds. You have to be able to tell somebody what you're feeling in a relationship. And you have to decide if you're going to respond to how that person is feeling in a healthy way. All right. Uh, sometimes we're in a conversation with somebody and we just need to talk. They're just, I'm dealing with something and I, maybe it's my spouse or one of my friends and I just need to talk a situation out. And I'm talking and I'm talking, but if I don't tell them in advance that I don't want them to fix the problem, I just want to talk about it. They aren't even going to hear what you say because the whole time they're like, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What, how do we fix this? And you're going to get nowhere. You have to say, you know what? I don't need you to solve this problem. I need to talk it out verbally. So can you just listen to me talk? They, they don't know that. That is a huge conflict that happens in a lot of relationships because the other person just thinks that they actually want something solved. All right. Maybe you like to just really, really, uh, argue things out with people. All right. Some people love to disagree and learn to do this. And I, and I hear people all the time, like, oh, I just love to, to have resolve conflict. And if I'm in a conflict with you, that means that we are, you're one of my best friends. I'll tell you what, you're not going to be my best friend. Cause if you know me, if we're in a conflict, we're going to fix it now and hopefully not have another one later, or you need to find a new best friend because I am not a conflict person. You need to understand the other person's feelings and understand your own and know how to fight for connection in those relationships based on true facts and feelings and behaviors. Uh, one of the, uh, you need to say things like, you know what, when you drive really fast, it scares me. All right. Not screaming, you'll slow down. You're going to get a ticket when you're driving like this, man. I actually get afraid and telling somebody there's no reason to be afraid. I'm a great driver. You know what that sounds like? That's like me saying, Hey, you know what? Um, I'm really hungry. Let's go. Let's go out to eat. And you're looking at him like that. I'm not hungry. You're not hungry. I'm not hungry. So you're not hungry. Does that even make sense? Either you're, if I'm afraid because you're driving too fast, the fact is I'm afraid. It doesn't matter if you're like the best driver in the world. I'm afraid. Okay. You need to tell somebody how you're feeling. It looks kind of when you do this, it makes me feel this, not blaming them. It makes me feel like this. Maybe it's looking at your kid and say, when you throw your clothes on the floor, it really makes me feel unappreciated. Not, do you think I'm your, your housewife? Do you think that I'm your maid? You know, I mean, literally when you throw your clothes on the floor, it makes me feel unappreciated. When you tell me to hold on when I'm talking to you, it makes me feel unimportant. 
When you miss a deadline, possibly you're talking to somebody at work. It makes me feel frustrated. When you talk to everybody else before coming to me, it makes me feel hurt. When you shut down and walk away from our conversations, it makes me feel lonely. All right. The other person has the choice to respond and fight for connection. That is out of your control. But it is in your control to allow them into your world and understand how you are feeling in the relationship. And right now you might be saying it is too late. I've been married to this person for 20 years and we are never going to get anywhere. I have been in this relationship and I seriously, I just have to cut it off. And you know what? There are some relationships that you need to cut off. Carissa said it earlier this, uh, this weekend. It isn't your relationship with your spouse. All right. Bible's very, very clear. However, there are things that you need to do. And I'll just tell you, there's one more book right here. If you're in one of those relationships boundaries, I can't talk about all this stuff today because I don't get enough time. But if you're in one of those relationships, here's how you fight for connection. You learn how to establish boundaries right here. And I am telling you, you have to read these books because it is your responsibility to have the tools to fight for the connection in your relationships. It is not somebody else's job to fix it. It's yours. Okay. So. I have a relationship. I'll just tell you, I told the first service. Actually, I have two relationships. One of them I can't really talk about because you know what? God's working on it and uh, it's a family member. God's working on it. And then I love them dearly. And there's been a conflict for a number of years. And I pray for this specific person every day, but there's a second relationship and it's with my neighbor and it has been going on for eight years. And I have absolutely no idea how it got started. All right. But I have learned to remain attentive and listen. And now I have figured out some of the things I am starting to understand her feelings and her behaviors. We are quite different, but I can tell you this, even though there is conflict in the relationship, I am fighting for connection and my soul is at peace because I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But I'm praying for her because I can tell you her soul is not at peace and the bitterness is going to eat her alive. And unfortunately for her, until God answers it, I really, really worry about this neighbor because I know that they are very unhappy. Our dog got loose in their yard one time. They're terrified of dogs. We've tried to fix it. Didn't work. A lot of harsh words were said. Somebody came to our house one time and parked in their driveway and the police showed up at our door because I gave them the wrong driveway to park in my fault, tried to fix it, not fixable last. And I am, I'm one of those people that I love to make stuff for my neighbors. And I baked a pie and some banana bread and some cookies and all things for all my neighbors. And I took it to all my neighbor's house for Christmas. I just love to take things over to them. And that is about two or three Christmases ago. It was in my front yard upside down in the snow. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'm going to, you know what? It's all right. It's all right. She has feelings. She has, there's things I'm going to continue to fight for connection. God gave me an awesome opportunity, um, about probably six or seven weeks ago. And I haven't had the time to follow up with this yet, but you know what? It's God's timing because I pray for them every single day, but, uh, she had a garage sale. And she doesn't even like to wave. You know I mean? It's like, so I went over there and uh, apparently, fortunately for me, I didn't look like myself because I had my hair up and no makeup. And I went over there and she didn't even know who I was until like way into the conversation. She's like, do you live next door? But it was okay because we'd already like talked. 
But she's an avid reader and she reads. She had like all these books for sale. And I'm like looking at them going, I want to find something for us to like have in common. And I'm looking at all these books and going, I don't like vampires. I don't like, you know, what can I read? And I found a book that I was like, okay, I'll read this. And I picked it up and I read the book, not a book. I am not a love story reader book person. I read a Nicholas Sparks book and I was like, whoa. And anyway, I read the book. But God's going to give me an opportunity to go over there and talk about it because we had this huge conversation about all her books and I read it and I am waiting for God to open up the door to give me an opportunity to fight for connection in this relationship. What are you going to do today to fight for connection in that relationship that seems completely impossible? Because there's something, it is not them, it is you that needs to take the first step and you need to pray and ask God, what do I need to do? All right? Where are you going to start? Remain attentive and listen. Refrain from letting your emotions and behaviors control you. Recognize the other person's feelings. And respect differences of opinion. Proverbs 18.2 says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. A fool. Oftentimes we perceive that there is a threat in the relationship or in the conversation because we know the truth. We know what we know, what God's word says, or maybe we know because we've lived through this and we perceive a threat when somebody else has a difference of opinion. All right. And it will start a conflict. I'll tell you, a conflict is more than just a disagreement. It's one where one or two Both people actually perceive that there is a threat or that something has happened, even if it's not the truth or even if it's not real. All right. So I I look at that and I'm like, what do you need to do in one of those situations? Because conflict does not just go away. It doesn't just disappear if you ignore it. All right. It's going to continue to fester and it's going to come up later if you don't fix it. Ronald Reagan said this. Peace is not absent of con- peace is not absence of conflict. It's the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means. When we learn to respect that somebody else has a difference of opinion and we, we let go of trying to have a selfish ambition, like Paul said in our verse, then actually we can have this fighting for connection and learn that it doesn't matter if you are right. It doesn't matter. Think about your relationship with God. How many times, how many times are you right? And he's wrong. Literally. That's the most important relationship. And how many times has he ever stopped and literally tried to control you to fix you? Control you. Now he directs us, but you are not his puppet and he does not force you to do anything. In fact, he looks at you and he's like, man, This one's going to be ugly when you make that choice. And does he make you make a different choice? No, he lets us mess up in your relationships. If you are trying to control someone else, it is never going to work. And God has a perfect example. He allows us, even when we're wrong, even when our minds perceive that we are right, doesn't even matter if you are right, respect that there are differences of opinions. And the fifth thing is to respond with love. Ephesians 4, 2 says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. 
First Peter four, eight says above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. And John fifteen twelve says, my command is this love each other as I have loved you. He is the perfect example as Paul was saying to be like Christ. What is he showing us? What does his love look like? How does he respond to you when you mess up? And how many times do we keep messing up? And he responds the same every single time. First Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. And I have it in the message version because I think this is the most beautiful picture of looking at what responding with love sounds like and looks like. I'm going to read the first part, and then I'm going to ask you to read the rest with me. It says, if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I am nothing but a creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's words with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything as plain as day, and I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I have gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I do, I am bankrupt without love. I want you to stand up and read this next part with me. And I want you to literally be thinking of what this respond with love looks like. This is God's response. And this is what we are supposed to emulate. Let's read it together. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. I think that's supposed to say doesn't. Puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. And love never dies. This chapter is such a beautiful picture of Jesus. He communicates with us in perfect love, and he never gives up. And I've given him lots of opportunities, and so have you. He doesn't force himself on us. He doesn't control us, even when he knows he's right. And he's always, always right there. What gives us the what gives us the thing to think that we can control someone else? You can't. You can't. I want to challenge you this morning to stop thinking about the other person in whatever relationship it is. That you're going to change them. You can't. Love them. And I want to tell you something else. Love is an action. It is not a feeling. It is not a feeling. Fighting for connection is choosing to love even when the other person is not lovely. And in case you haven't heard this before, you cannot fall out of love. You can choose. You can choose to fight for the connection or you can choose not to. It's on you. 
doesn't matter what the other person looks like. If you haven't given yourselves tools to make boundaries and to learn about the other person's behaviors and feelings, it's on you. It is not on that other person. What are you going to choose to do? And do you want to have your soul healthy and fight for connection and actually do what God asks and become more like Jesus? Because this verse is a beautiful picture of it. I want you to close your eyes right now and I want you to just think. What do you need to do to fight for connection? Do you need to literally learn a tool to stop and remain attentive to the situation because you let your mind's perceptions get involved and it results results in conflict every time? Do you need to refrain from continuing to lash out to the people in those relationships with you and get a frustration, frustrated and make them frustrated? I don't know, but what do you need to do to learn about the other person? Do you need to stop and recognize that somebody else's feelings are true whether you understand them or not? Or maybe you need to learn to tell somebody how you're feeling because you're expecting them to just know. Do you need to stop And respect that somebody else can actually think differently than you. And it's okay, even if you know you're right. You are not going to argue somebody into seeing the truth in the Bible. It is not your job. The Bible is clear. That is the Holy Spirit's. Don't even bother. Every one of us do need to learn to respond with love. God, I just want you to show us our hearts right now. God, we get so busy thinking about how we're going to fix somebody else. And we so many times forget that it's actually us. God, help us to truly understand what love is. God, that it is our choice to act in love, even if the other person isn't lovely. God, right now, I just ask that you would bring relationships to mind. That you would help us to choose to fight for connection. God, for the health of the relationship of the people we're in and and for the health of ourselves, for our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. God, most of all, in that relationship with you, all of these things apply even in the relationship with you because oftentimes there's conflict in our relationship with you. God, I just ask right now that you would move in our hearts and help us to put action behind the things that your word has told us today. If you need somebody to pray with you this morning because you recognize that you've got some learning to do and some tools that you need, I want to invite you to come forward and there are people that would like to pray with you this morning. Maybe you have some relationships that have just been going on for so long and you absolutely cannot even begin to think of where to start. I want to invite you to come up here and let's pray because God will show you. All right? He cares about you, and he cares about the relationships that you have. And our souls are only completely healthy when it's all in check and it's following the scripture that he's given us. All right? She's going to sing. If you need to go, you are welcome to go. But if you would like prayer, I want to just invite you to come forward. We would love to pray with you this morning.